I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. It's not about the people themselves. I, I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's a curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my worldview. That's what I believe. And so that's I make your no personal problem. worldview. It's my personal worldview. So, <laughs> hi, Eve. <laughs> hi, Karen. Did you ever think that you would won't really want to rewrite your Mike Pence article about someone who was like even more credentialed to be perfectly Mike Ferris's wet dream for somewhere. No, but you know what I do want to do? I want to, I want to play this clip from Michael Ferris talking about it because it's driving me nuts. Um, And I would also say that, you know, for my fellow evangelical Christians, this is the highest ranking serious Bible biblically trained person with a clear Christian worldview, a person of that category, the highest ranking government official we've ever had in my lifetime. Uh, No president would fit that description. Um, No Supreme Court justice would fit that description. Um, um, Well, Mike Pence Pence fits that description, so that's vice president. But but other than Mike Pence, and, uh, you know, Mike's got his ups and downs, but but uh, in terms of a thoroughgoing worldview, Mike Johnson is um, a solid believer, and I'm very, very excited about him. So, you know, aside from Mike Pence, who has had his ups and downs, Mike Johnson is uh, Mike Ferris's new boyfriend, and he's so excited about it. He won't shut up about it. Mikey for Mikey. For real. Like, I ship it. But, like, could they ship it, like, could they do it, could they get a room outside of Congress? No, they um, they don't do hand stuff or over-the-pants stuff. They just do amicus, amicus brief stuff. <laughs> so, um, what I'm referring to, I'm sorry, what I'm referring to is that the, the mics collaborated on um, some light sedition. Relationship and you know, we've done other things. Since he's been in Congress, we've talked about a variety of legal issues and uh, political issues were rising out of those legal issues. And so, you know, he's, he's a person I've talked to fairly regularly over the years, including while he's in Congress. I, I can't yeah, imagine like, what some of those things would have been, Mike Ferris. You know, if you want to look up Texas v. Pennsylvania, you, you got your answer. <laughs> oh, man. No, I did not want to rewrite my article about Mike. But honestly, like, I could just switch the last names and it would stand. So you know, I wonder if like Mike Pence hard. is like I wonder if Mike Pence is like not a young earth creationist and like that's like the thing that they are disappointed in him on and they're just so pleased that Mike Johnson like writes blog posts for answers in Genesis and stands with him on everything. I mean, you know, that wouldn't This is I'd buy it. This I is all conjecture, it. but um, hi, we are fucked. 
we have spent the last three hours, well, more than three hours, like week and a half plus three hours, just like collecting information and going over like Mike Johnson and more and more stuff comes out every single day. And it's like every single time I glance his direction, like 10 more things have come out about him that I'm just like, he is the wet dream. I, it's like, take all of these like isolated facts and spread them out and throw darts at them and any one of them would be like a two hour long episode like what he he did not officially adopt but sort of adopted a black 14 year old when he was like a newlywed and like compared it to the situation in the blind side and we know how that worked out um his 17 year old bio son monitored his his uh porn use habits through Covenant Eyes accountability services. Which is uh, what Josh Duggar, quote unquote, heavy air quotes, used. And so we all know how great that is if you have any knowledge. My of parents had it on my home. Yeah, my parents had it on my home computer when I was in high school. Like for like everyone in the family, we all shared one computer. And like it's real easy to get around. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure they improved their, their capabilities since then, but in 2005 it was a breeze yeah um his wife is (laughs) so he he was like on a leadership committee at the southern baptist convention which like notoriously famous for not ordaining women and his Mm -hmm. wife has a counseling certification that like requires you to be a minister for that make it make sense I, I there's no way he really hates gay sex so really so really much. he like wants it to be a protected status in the united states to hate gay sex like that's the level of like it's where to start i'll stop yelling but really though like there's there's so much like remember how we did like four episodes on matt shea at least that was pace. Like there was like more information that came out slowly over time. This has just been like wave after wave after wave after wave of like all of Mike these Johnson makes things. Matt Shea look like amateur hour. He does. He does. And I uh I don't really want to do a six parter on Mike Johnson right now because there is a bunch of like underlying stuff that forms Mike Johnson that I want to get into next year um Mm. but i think i like the more he's out and the more like he's in the news we we obviously have to talk about it there's so much okay so like housekeeping this is the last episode for season five um we normally would have had a break at some point we took some like longer breaks mid-year like three weeks without episodes here and there um instead of taking our normal like month of september off or whatever so like this is our last episode for the year we've it's um it's been a it's been a season (laughs) it's been a season and it's time it's time to take a break and regroup for the next iteration yeah new things in the works stay tuned um we did a little instagram live just now prepping for this episode as we took a like which of the five humors quiz and yes i meant i said five um i know that there's four but i said five 
uh, are you to see like what Mike Johnson's wife would classify us if she were to biblically counsel us mm-hmm. by according to the five humors tests that she uses? Yes. So let's test. Let's talk about that for a minute because that's funny and a great palate cleanser. So she yeah, this uses, is like the li- the lightest part of the this whole story. Is the lightest part of this. So let's do this first. So. Um, she uses the Arno profile system, which so is based even on like for further back though, like she's certified as let me get this right. Uh, she's certified as a licensed pastoral counselor, a certified temp- temperament counselor, a professional clinical member of the National Christian Counselors Association, and she's formed her own counseling org as she's lists those credentials her website's been taken down this is all from way back but like this national christian counselors association i had people i graduated high school with who weren't going on to college who were homeschooled and had subpar you know skills on various things um because of educational neglect they were taking correspondence courses with this program to become certified as christian counselors because they thought that them being codependent may meant that they were empaths and like destined for this um which (laughs) a whole thing have i gone on my empath rant on this show (laughs) i don't i don't think so i don't think we've gotten there empaths are fake it's a trauma response Go look up Fawn. The end. Um, so I know people who like did this. And I like know the caliber of people who were taking these courses. The, the like the bar to entry is real low, real, real low. And this is what she, you know, advertises as her primary certification. And she advertises herself as a minister. <laughs> A licensed pastoral <laughs> counselor and i don't think that's a like ministering to pastors that's a like is a minister to as like she is giving you pastoral counseling mm-hmm. um which anyway but the the national christian counselors association relies on this test you can you can explain the test yeah so um the test is the arno profile system um, and we thought it would be fun to take it to see what it was because it's it's based on the four humors, but they added one because it's God inspired. Um, I don't know if that's actually why, but that's the reason that tracks. So, so the, the, the original four are what? Choleric, phlegmatic, melancholic, melancholic and sanguine. And sanguine. sanguine. And then they added supine as the fifth in the 80s. Because why not? Why not? Yeah. Um, and so I I Googled. Socrates you know, didn't I do enough. We can add a fifth. Yeah. No, they, there needs to be more, obviously. Um, so I Googled and scrolled down the Google until I found the one link that wasn't Christian counseling. Um, and it was that like. That didn't make you fa- pay 50 bucks to take the test? Yeah, yeah, it, it did not come from certified, totally legit certified Christian counselors dot com slash for real. Thirteen <laughs> questions instead of sixty, so like real legitimate here. 
Right. BuzzFeed can never. Uh, very convolutedly worded questions that we did in Instagram live. And um, Eve, what was your result? It was like controlling melancholic or something. Yeah. 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 I was um, sanguine in control, um, which is oh, yes. like in control, in control, not controlling. Right. Yes. <laughs> Um, but that was 76%, and then 73% was melancholic in control. So much like my Myers-Briggs, where I am constantly between introvert and extrovert, I'm between sanguine and melancholic by, like, the margin of error. And let um, me just say, like, Myers-Briggs was two racist white ladies in the 80s hanging it out in their kitchen bullshitting and decided that they were going to make up a, a personality test. It is also bullshit Utter, it is as bullshit as an iq test yeah and the enneagram is like let's go steal uh ancient religious teachings from the indian subcontinent and reinvent them for christian audiences like all of these are like racist bullshit personality testing systems yeah and and this is just the the least um presentable one of them i guess yeah, it sounds the one, most dumb at face value. This one is the most bullshit on the bullshit scale. <laughs> like most obviously bullshit. Yeah, and, and like all of these types of things are like there are some that are like color based. There are some like my parents at Assemblies of God did this one like personality test that was like CD something. There you could like have like a type C personality and a type D personality. I think it was like ABDC. It was it was weird. No, no, no. It wasn't that. It was DISC. That's what it was. Oh, the DISC. Oh, yeah. DISC assessment. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah, I I mean, kind of like strength finders and like stuff. Like I think DISC is like one of those that's like used in business settings Mm -hmm. and is also very corporate. Yeah. It was was corporate, but like repurposed for Bible study. It was, was unique. Um, but like this is this is fairly common but like I if my therapist had me take a personality quiz before being my therapist I would have questions well the questions that like are on it are obviously I don't know what the actual 60 questions are phrased like they're probably better written than the one we took but like some of them incorporated things that like this sounds like an autistic person being triggered or this mm-hmm. sounds like an anxious person with, you know, highly evolved coping tools. And like it was classifying things as like you are an angry person right. if this, this, this. And I – so it's – You're it's not even willed if you don't say no to things. Right. It's not, it's, it's not even a like diagnostic like rubric of like let's check in and how are you responding to problems and like it's – like with very neutral language and like you know um asking things like do you do you enjoy doing the things that you used to enjoy doing you know like those kinds of questions that we're used to seeing on like are you depressed because the intakes Uh, that i expect from my doctor or a therapist or psychiatrist to like do the pre-check-in for i expect those so um kelly johnson real rigorous mental health practitioner as a licensed uh minister counselor whatever yeah pastoral but counselor now i know what 
my one of five humors would be that I I'd never thought about until this point in time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Now let's start some bloodletting. My favorite, my favorite question, which I don't know if it's on the like actual 60 page test, but my favorite one was like, do you use sarcasm because you want to avoid responsibility? And I'm like, no, that's not why I use sarcasm. It is not a defense mechanism to not have responsibility. It's for other reasons. Trauma response. So like shit is fucked and we're not going to talk about it and keep moving <laughs> yeah um so that that's my favorite fun fact about um kelly johnson uh is her ridiculous like test that she uses for her fake therapist work she she is she is not mother she is pastor um yeah, so then he, Bible is his worldview. Mike Ferris cannot stop drooling over him. Convention of States wrote a like real gushy piece about him as well. So uh, so gushy. It like they need to get a room, which again, please do, but please do not do it in the capital thank you stop doing it in amicus briefs <laughs> okay Just so get whatever a room like you're... everyone else so mike ferris until recently was head of adf before he was at adf he was in at patrick henry um college and while he was doing patrick henry stuff mike johnson was a lawyer at adf and that's where he started his career he got he you know worked there pretty much right out of law school from all I can tell. And, you know, six years into his legal career, he's like writing on behalf of ADF and Amicus Brief on this really big case called Lawrence v. Texas in 2003. Um, and the case is basically a like two consenting adults have a right to privacy to do sodomy. Uh, and this case, like, went up to the Supreme Court and was kind of like all about you know to, you know what kind of right to privacy do we have as adults and uh, the Supreme Court decided they didn't have standing and wouldn't hear it if I'm remembering correctly um, so it it's it basically meant that like all these like, laws punishing sodomy on all the state books were going to be defunct. Mm-hmm. And Johnson's writing this amicus brief in defense of <laughs> this, um, these sodomy laws. <laughs> like this, this guy like just like comes out of the gate swinging being like, yeah. you don't have the right to privacy to do butt stuff. Uh, if you want to do butt stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm just like sitting here having flashbacks to Ken Cuccinelli, like trying to like reactivate laws on the books in Virginia for like, you know, having sex with the lights off or lights on. I can't remember. On. It was one it of was those on. two. It, it was, was on, on because um I broke that law. 
That's right. That was your, <laughs> your, 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 your big gay awakening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had sex with a woman with the lights on. Um, in the so Commonwealth of Virginia. Were committed in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like oral sex was, uh, it was also like, so Cuccinelli was like trying to get these like reactivated and I guess they must have been among those laws that were you know uh, struck down in this 2003 situation so you know we're just we're just starting with like anti-butt stuff anti-gay stuff and it just gets worse from there yeah yeah it it does not it does not get better um so he's best friends with like Michael Ferris. Um the Convention of States, which is like Michael Ferris co-founded in 2013. He is an advisor now. Um it's we'll do a whole thing on it, but it's basically like let's get constitutional amendments passed through the least democratic means possible while still remaining constitutional. That's his thing. Um, And Johnson got the resolution for that passed in Louisiana in 2016, shortly before becoming elected to be state representative in Michael Ferris. And he worked very closely. They have worked closely for decades because they're both lawyers in the conservative con law scene. And, um, he just loves him to pieces. Like he really, he can't say enough good things about him. The convention of states wrote a whole press release about it. He filled in the best. The, the thing that I'm leading to is that they are both very good friends with um, folks from Answers in Genesis as well. Yeah, and uh, Ferris filled in for Mike Johnson in giving two speeches for AIG in the last like month or so because Johnson was preoccupied with being the speaker of the house. And he's just so excited about having done that. One of the, the priorities that they have in common that like is a big piece of ADF's agenda. And it was part of why we're yelling about ADF all the time. is like the, religious right would love to see it be some kind of protected status to be a bigot. Um, and they would love to have it happen through some sort of Supreme court ruling, um, which is like everything ADF does is like funneling these, these cases up to the Supreme court as fast as they can. Um, so, um, Johnson, like as part of his uh, role after he left ADF and was in the Louisiana House of Representatives as a local state um, representative, not the U.S. House of Representatives now where he is now. But um, he like sponsored or like put forward the, the Marriage and Conscience Act, which would basically be like if you are the person in you know cake cake shop masterpiece cake shop that case um who wants to discriminate against a gay couple uh because you don't believe in gay marriage that would protect you from consequences from ramifications so this would like 
essentially set it up as like a belief that is protected um, in the law and it didn't pass, but like you could just see where this is going. <laughs> you can see the kind of things they're interested in. Yep. 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 Oh, and you know what, you know, you know what he also has in common with other people, you know how like Pat Robertson likes to blame like abortion and the gays on like natural disasters and stuff. Or mm-hmm. wait, is is he still alive or did he die? He that did is- finally die last year. Oh, thank fuck! I feel like it, ha- it happened recently. Okay, so the <laughs> thankfully dead. I mean, Kissinger's still around, so you can't rule it out. Like, you gotta, yeah, you got to check these things. Yeah. Um. So one of the things Pat Robertson frequently talked about was how you know, like, the downfall of America is because of the downfall of the family, which means abortion and gay people existing. Well. Johnson feels the same way and has blamed school shootings on um, abortion. Uh, The New York mag did a piece on it. I'm going to quote from them. Many women use abortion as a form of birth control, you know, in certain segments of society. And it's just shocking and sad. But this is where we are. When you break up the nuclear family, when you tell a generation of people that life has no value, no meaning, that it's expendable, then you do wind up with school shooters. And that's not New York Mag. That's New York Mag quoting Mike Johnson directly. Yes. He said this word for word. Yeah, that is literally his take. Zero Um, shame. And that was in 2015. So uh, the year is 2023 and he has not changed that idea. So that was the same year that he was putting forward the Marriage and Conscience Act. Mm -hmm. So uh, just we're just getting warmed up. So then he in 2017, he joins the U.S. House of Representatives. um, And now he's our cute little Speaker of the House cute um he has like i don't know how much we want to get into this because this could be a whole episode on its own but he has a cute little interesting weird tree flag yeah okay so let's get into this so (laughs) the appeal to heaven flag that he just like put outside of his his office um is like goes back to old like new england colonies like a uh, symbol of the revolution. I guess there was like some kind of law that s- stated that trees that had a diameter of 12 inches or larger would be saved to be used as the masts for the the king's navy. And so like you know ye old peasants in colonial England, co- colonial New England could not cut them down and use them for personal use. And they had a blaze on them in the shape of this like pine tree. And this no Christmas trees for you. <laughs> so this like image was like a symbol uh, of oppression that was taken back by, you know, the locals who wanted to use their trees for whatever the ga- they goddamn wanted to, um, and was put on a flag called uh, was used by the. Um, the Marine branch of the Massachusetts law enforcement for a while um, was the state flag of Maine for a hot second. Um, and 
like references. It was kind of like the general New England flag yeah well and the appeal to heaven is a is a quote i'm trying to remember who said it hang on it's a quote from john locke and his treatise that like refutes the divine right of kings so it's this anti-monarchical um line appeal to heaven and um and this flag has like had a resurgence um like during the tea party era because sarah palin brought it back and like this but she brought it back because this pastor was using it right. and pushing it and this pastor is friends with mike johnson and so when they were all huddled up right before j6 this was the pastor was there johnson was there Giuliani was there Bannon was there and you know everybody's like hanging out in the hotel with the Willard like hobnobbing and and so I guess this guy because he'd been pushing this flag for so long probably like I'm guessing he was giving them out I don't know um but you see them you see them being flown at J6 in the photos like you have the stars and bars and you have the appeal to heaven flag yeah yeah um, so like that with like the don't tread on me and the Dixie references, like all of this is, is this symbolism that you're seeing at January 6th. And like, so he's putting it outside of his door, I think is a, probably a reference to that. And of course he collaborated with Ferris on this, on the um, theory to like overturn the 2020 election and do some, and the, yeah. And this intriguing. lawsuit that was like, was that that Trump referred to as the big one that he was depending on to like overturn the election in all these states. And, you know, obviously like, so have being an election truther and then like being elected to speaker of the house and then putting that up outside of his door yeah. right after he's elected or like voted in a speaker. Like that's a big deal. Yeah. So, so far we have, um, Worked at ADF to ban queerness from inside the home. Um, we have treason. We, <laughs> we have uh, young earth creationist mm-hmm. evangelist. evangelist. Um, Super involved in like the Southern Baptist Convention, which like we don't even need to like begin to get into because it's the whole thing but like that's a whole other series you can you can go find out for yourself it's a whole thing uh blames abortion and gayness for you know gun violence um and and that's just so far uh there's more there's more there's, there's oh, so oh and covenant ties but we haven't really so we talked about covenant ties we haven't talked about the fuck the like super fucked up part of Covenant Eyes, where he's yeah. So Covenant this. Eyes, so Covenant Eyes a lot. It like it's a software. It like blo- uh, blocks certain sites and it and it you know tracks your browser history, right? And it sends a report. You can send it to like daily, weekly, monthly, whatever, to an accountability partner. In Josh Duggar's case, it was going to Anna, his wife. Um, and so, like, her job as his accountability partner, you know, like, 
in-house cop is to like read through his browser history and like be like, so why were you on playboy.com? Right. At 11.59 p.m. on Thursday night, you know. (laughs) Um, So he and his son were each other's accountability partners. They were sending their reports of their browser history used to each other. Um, I guess his son is 18 now, but like his oldest bio kid would not 18 at the time. He was 17 at the time when like Johnson mentioned this in an interview. And it's just, I, I don't feel like we really have to dig into how fucked up it is for your parent to be sending you their browser history. So you can make sure that your parent is looking at porn. Like it's, it's wrong, but it's one thing for like a parent to be checking their kids like they shouldn't but at least like that dynamic is more generationally appropriate yeah i think it's like a bid for trust from the kid right like i think if it's like yeah i have to like surveil you in my house and you know monitor your masturbation habits uh young son so therefore i will like feign that I am sharing the same stuff back with you. I imagine that he was like on one hand, like maybe this guy is ace and he's not like, he doesn't, he's not interested in any of these things, like whatever. Yeah. On the other hand, like it is probably pretty easy to work around as we oh, yeah. know from firsthand experience and from Josh Duggar. Um, like, so he, he probably was like, it was probably a gesture that wasn't really sincere to -hmm. be like, yes, son, I will send you my browser history. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also just like, it's like, you know, Johnson is, is fully bought in to the ideology. As far as we can tell, he is a Mm -hmm. true believer. It is fair to assume that his minor children are probably at least masquerading as true believers. So I feel like the child probably felt some like amount of responsibility to ensure that like the accountability is being done right, which is like a lot of pressure a child should maybe not have. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm thinking back like, at, you know, I, I've talked a lot about the parentification of being the oldest in a quiverful family, but like one of the things that came with it was also like being, you know, leaned on emotionally by my parents in like really codependent ways as if I was a peer Mm -hmm. co-parenting with them. So they would share things about my siblings or their marriage and like, you know, vent to me and ask me for, you know, my thoughts on things. And I'm like, sitting here being like 16 being like don't you have friends why are you not why are you talking to me about this and so it's like that kind of level of why are you sending this to your 17 year old can't you send it to mikey ferris (laughs) right i'm sure i'm sure ferris would love to be that for him (laughs) i'm just like send it to your other bffs like right uh any you're, of the mics would love it. You're high up in the Southern Baptist Convention leadership. Like, I'm sure there's some, you know, pastor there who would be happy to get your feedback, your 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 logs, and like be that accountability partner if you really need it. Like, there's age appropriate ways to set this up for yourself. But why your right. 17 year old? Uh, 
and the, so you know if th- this is what he's doing with his white bio kid mm-hmm. what is he doing with his fake adopted you know really close in age 14 year old black son that he was raising from 14 to 18 like who knows i <laughs> we know we know that this there was there was not equitable treatment yeah no as i it's possible but it's highly unlikely so like especially the when they're comparing it to the blind side like <sighs> i have so many questions and there is not a whole lot of information so it's you know you can't really get into yeah, that yeah and but. it was like hmm. he was referencing it in a positive way like and i think it was before all the stuff about the conservatorship dynamics came out recently but like you know still like everyone kind of knew something's fucked up about this movie mm-hmm. even like when it came out, I was still like in the thick of things and I didn't watch it because I was like, something seems weird here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's so such to, like, a white savior thing. Like, yeah, to reference that as a positive, like, corollary, a positive pop culture reference is, yeah. yeah. You know, our yeah. dynamic was like that. This is great. Yeah. Um, not quite related but on the topic of family dynamics they also have a very on top of everything else on top they have a very interesting marriage yeah i guess i guess there's something called covenant marriage that's possible in louisiana and i don't i'm not sure i know the ins and outs of this but the sense i get is that it it kind of sets you up to not be able to access no fault divorce um which do you remember like no fault divorce being like talked about as like oh, a yeah. bad thing? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you? It was huge. Oh god. Well, yeah, my my entire like approach to announcing my own divorce was like heavily informed by how negative people were about about it and like how insanely weird they acted if you you know tried to do that like people made fun of celebrities getting a like you know the the relationship is irreconcilably like degraded or whatever like yeah. all divorce kind of thing like yeah they want to have they want to be able to like pick a side and so um i guess there's like legal parameters available to opt into a certain kind of marriage covenant in Louisiana that's more restrictive and demands that you go to counseling before you're able to get divorced among other things. Yeah. I mean, like I didn't look up the rule for covenant marriages, but um, it reminds, it reminds me a lot of like, you know, getting divorced varies by state and it's more difficult in other states than it is, you know, like in Washington, it's super easy um, if you don't have any like conflicts. But in other states, you have to like prove stuff where you used to. You had to, yeah, like, yeah. Prove like some states, you have to, you have to like announce the 
date of your separation somehow and get it like Mm -hmm. clearly identified uh, and documented. I want to say notarized, but again, this varies state by state and like has changed over the years. Um, The you have to like, so if like a couple is like co-parenting, you know, young kids and getting a divorce, they can't like share the same house still because then they wouldn't be technically separated. Um, You just like all these. Yeah. In Germany, if you want to get a divorce, you have to live separately for a year before you're allowed to like petition. Yeah. That's how it is in Virginia. And so that's, you have to like announce the date of your separation to start that clock. Mm -hmm. And if you like sleep in the same bed one night, the clock has to restart. Yep. So Um, this is just adding more burden to that, but it also tracks because of how like fundamentalist they are and their religious beliefs. Like, I mean, your family was just as stringent about divorce as mine was. Mine was maybe a little bit more extreme because they were like, divorce is the unforgivable sin. Yeah, no, I fully, I fully expect. No, I, I think that's how my dad would like ostracize former Mm -hmm. friends who were getting divorced and like mock them behind their backs. So like I fully expected to get that treatment. I fully expected to like not have a family as soon as I announced that I was getting divorced. Um, So yeah, I feel like they're within that, that universe of attitude. Yep. Yeah. And so like I'd heard about covenant marriages growing up um, and I just thought that like it was just a very serious commitment between you, your spouse, and God that you would not divorce no matter what. Basically. Yeah, I understood it to be like a theological term and not a legal term. So I was surprised yeah. to see that they like that's a legal term that's available to you. I mean, my understanding of it was they like you are uh endorsing complementarianism you're endorsing these like really rigid gender roles and you're endorsing a belief that like divorce does not exist for you yeah yeah um all right and also like perpetuity of marriage so like if you do get divorced even if it's against your will you like can't get remarried because it would be a sin yeah it's the getting remarried to a new person that's like the real like kicker because you know like and even like you're allowed to get married if your spouse dies but if your spouse is alive then you're not allowed to get remarried i told you about like applying for a job at the southern california christian university right no and this okay so right i was newly divorced was still a christian had just moved to la and like i think it was azusa pacific but um you know they may have changed this since then but like i was applying for jobs at like roughly you know christian organizations and there was like some sort of development job i was applying for and i got through the application and to the statement of faith that you have to sign Mm -hmm. and in the statement of faith it was like perpetuative marriage if you're divorced you can't remarry you have to sign this to like work here and i was just like well fuck (laughs) (laughs) um i believe john MacArthur's church teaches this as well Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's just like it's it's so retrograde and it's I just like I can't believe it that like I mean, I guess I can. The church is still like really bad about abuse and like 
all of that, but like in an age where abuse is like more acknowledged and like taken seriously, uh, you would think that this would not be a thing, but it still is. Yeah. So that's still not all. Um, <laughs> again, just to recap, covenant marriage adopted a black child a la the blind side has a minor child for accountability buddy worked at adf trying to criminalize gayness um thinks abortion is the cause of school shootings he young also earth had creationist a young earth creationist uh BFF election with truther. Mike Harris, election truther did some light treason um he also like was part of a law school that never opened. Yeah, so I didn't really get into this, but like there was like one of those like watchdog bloggers was tweeting about this and they were like sending around screenshots of an agenda. Um and obviously I'll try to find this to link in the show notes, but they were sending around screenshots of an agenda from a meeting of the deans at this school level and there was like before they got to like debating Mike Johnson's salary as dean of this law school that never opened, um, there were like many items dealing with like a blackmail bribery situation. That's exactly <laughs> so how you want to open your law school. Before before you even get to the law school salary conversation, yeah. So like that's the setting that this law school was like supposed to be opening in, and the the university blamed him for the failure of it to open and i don't know i don't even know like i know there's so much there i just yeah so uh you know, corrupt law school that never happened um and finally i mean there's more but like i'm tired so finally um what the fuck is up with his bank account does he even have oh one? my god i forgot about this yeah that's the big one <sighs> we buried the lead we waited oh till the God, end for I this. I totally blanked on this, and it's a whole thing. So, my understanding of the the rule is you have to report bank accounts that have a, like a standing balance over a certain limit. So, like I think it's five thousand dollars or something. So, if your bank account regularly has five thousand dollars or more in it, like you have to report you have it. to report. But if you're emptying your bank account, living check, like paycheck to paycheck, like, and you get to like zero out or like close to it or below 5,000, you don't have to because you're, you know, you're, you're living hand to mouth. So it's not that he doesn't have a bank account, although that would be a fun headcanon of him just like walking around with his paycheck in cash in his suit pockets. But like, envelopes under his bed, literally hands his (laughs) what, but like, whatever. think the situation is like somehow he's so bad at money that he's he's got like really uh he's he's like zeroing out or getting really low on his standing balance every month so he doesn't technically have to report that bank account he He has like a bunch of investments he reported though yeah yeah, and he also has like a really high mortgage and like a bunch of other debt. Um, so he's yeah, not following little... Dave Ramsey very well. If he's following yeah, I don't know if he is. <laughs> if he is involved in Dave Ramsey stuff, like that would not surprise me. But like, yeah, digging into his finances would be 
a whole a whole series i'm sure yeah yeah so um is there anything else you wanted to touch on about mike johnson i mean we already know he's a traitor and is trying to like gut the constitution in many many ways and also legalize bigotry dude i don't i don't know i just i would love to hear from you know his his formerly adopted son uh adult who is like an adult living his life elsewhere i'd love Mm -hmm. to hear like what the deal is um i hear his perspective and his side of the story i don't know like everyone is on the right is so ecstatic about him i am they were not this happy about pence and that they were like i have not seen them this like excited about a politician since like i like i don't even think reagan got this much worship honestly like they are just like frothing at the mouth saying like you know the enthusiasm (laughs) is off the charts yeah yeah it's it's ridiculous the notes um will be full of links to everything that we've collected because it's there's just so much there's so much it's not good news um it's not it's not good news there's there's a lot to this dude um and and you know he should not be underestimated third in line for the presidency so yeah fun times fun times i hope that y'all enjoyed this year of the podcast and that you have a good (laughs) next year because this is our last for the season unless something else really urgent happens and we have to put out a show but we'll definitely be posting some like one-off things for patrons in between now and the end of the year but like it's gonna be real light um ah Stay tuned. Hopefully we'll have some news to share soon. Stay tuned. It's going to be good. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Cult podcast. Our music is from the track Janet by the Bend the Heavens on their album Stenazzo. Our producer is Dave the Great. Our podcast is made possible by Patreon donations from listeners like you. To support us and join our community on Slack, check out patreon.com slash kitchen table cult pod. Thanks for listening.